2: What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the DFS OG's podcast right here on rotogrinders.com. Back to talk everything week 13. We'll take a look back. Obviously, week 12, uh, an interesting week. We had Thanksgiving. We had that slate uh, the main slate on week 12. We'll take a look at our betting picks, see how that went. But we are here to discuss week 13 with our favorite plays, stacks, and betting picks. Two-man booth this week. Chop will be back with us next week. So just myself and Notorious Noto, how were things? How was Thanksgiving? How was week 12? Uh, how's everything going, my man?
3: Yeah, everything's great on my end. Uh Pretty good Thanksgiving slate for myself. And then uh, I got skunked in the main slate largely because I faded uh Tyreek Hill's 100 fantasy points or something like that. Right. But uh your Packers hooked me up with a nice showdown slate. It was my biggest... uh win of the season thus far. It wasn't anything huge, but uh, I will definitely take it. So confidence is slowly building and yeah, we'll miss chop this week, but he'll be back with us next week. Absolutely. So
2: terrible week here. You know, not going to hide from everything was bad. The six pack was bad. My lineups were bad at way too much exposure to the Vegas Raiders, Derek. I mean, this, (sighs) this is a team projected for 28 points and they just go out and lay an egg. And I'm talking Worst I've seen a team look. I mean, Derek Carr, looked lost, kept turning the ball over. Our receivers weren't getting open. Even Jacobs I know a lot of people were on him. Uh, didn't do much. So uh, way, way, way too much exposure and faith uh, in the Raiders really cost me here in week 12, but it's a week by week game. That's the beauty of DFS and we move on to week 13. So full slate of games. We're going to get right into it here. Uh, we do have a splits. Sl- I think we have four games in the afternoon this week. So, uh, get a little bit of a, a split slate here, but uh, let's jump in, Derek. Let's start with Cleveland and Tennessee. Cleveland uh, survived in Jacksonville. Your Jags gave him quite a game. Uh, Tennessee, huge win uh, at Indy. Just looked dominant behind Derrick Henry, 178 yards, three touchdowns. So, I mean, if you had Tyree kill Derrick Henry, you, that, that was a hell of a start to a lineup there. Uh, probably over 100 fantasy points uh, between those two. But uh, Cleveland side of things, uh, questions for you. You know, we, we saw Nick Chubb kind of dominate. Uh, stats-wise uh, over Kareem Hunt, a $2,300 difference between these two. So the gap continues to grow there. Uh, so hit on that here in a good matchup uh, with Tennessee. Uh, as far as the Cleveland pass catchers, we saw Jarvis Landry kind of come to life, saw 11 targets in that game. The problem is we know this is a team that wants to run the ball. I mean, nobody else saw more than three targets. Uh, Austin Hooper found the found the end zone, but uh, only two targets for him, Tennessee side. Outside of Henry – kind of what they want to do you know we saw A.J. Brown have a long touchdown but you know really not much else going on here Corey Davis uh, only three targets in that game as they were playing from ahead so uh, Cleveland Tennessee here big total 54 point total
3: here uh, should be plenty of plays who's really standing out for you this week Yeah, so like you mentioned, the Browns want to run the ball, but they are five and a half point uh, underdogs on the road, and they're facing a team that's, you know, 27th in DVOA against the pass. So I do have some interest in, uh, you know, Baker Mayfield, Jarvis Landry. You mentioned uh, the big game from him last week with the big targets. Austin Hooper caught a touchdown, so it was nice to see him get going a little bit. And that was the first game that they've had without OBJ and with decent weather. Um, The other three were, you know, incredibly bad wind or uh, a lot of rain, so I like this passing offense quite a bit. I am a little bit worried about Rashard Higgins. He's only had more than four targets one time all season. So I'll stick with Landry, Hooper, and Baker. And then in the backfield, I mean, Nick Chubb coming off his highest snap share since week two. So maybe that uh, big price disparity is warranted. Uh, He's topped 100 yards in three straight games. No issue with the matchup against the Titans. So if I'm choosing one, I will take Chubb uh, over Hunt. And then on the other side, you mentioned it. I mean, every time uh, Derek Henry's low owned you play him and every time it's after Thanksgiving you play him and uh, I didn't play him last week so <laughs> definitely hurt my bottom line uh, but it's a good spot for him once again um, Brown's not very good against the run and uh, they're going to want to run the ball so uh, I like Derek Henry the only concern is that he's now 9200 so it's kind of going to be a tough decision between him and Dalvin Cook for who you want to pay up for a running back slightly leaning towards Dalvin at this point but uh, that could always change depending on ownership. In the passing game, uh, A.J. Brown, I mean, he should be able to eat up the secondary if Denzel Ward's out, if Denzel Ward's active. Maybe i will have a little bit more interest in Corey Davis. Um, Not that Brown can't win that matchup, but, you know, maybe it forces a few more targets toward Davis, who, you know, you've talked up a lot this year. He's having a sneaky good year for the Titans. Yeah, I mean,
2: you you pull up the the box scores and and just even watching the game, it looks more like the guy you saw out of college. You know, he was a, a world beater in college, so we're finally getting kind of, you know, I've heard a lot of comparisons uh, to him with Devontae Parker, you know, that slow developing a guy that finally breaks out here. So, you know, it's, it's just a matter of is Tennessee going to need to throw the ball? We know A.J. Brown's going to get his. Uh, we know that he doesn't even need volume to get there. But Corey Davis, one of those guys, you want, you'd rather him get eight, nine, ten targets than, than these three, four target games. And with them as favorites controlling the game, obviously that leads more to Derrick Henry. And I don't mind that, that passing game, like you mentioned, uh, on the Cleveland side. You know, again, they, if they had their druthers, they want to run the ball a hundred times. Are they going to be able to do that here as underdogs? Probably not. So speaking of underdogs, Derek, we have Cleveland, five and a half point underdogs, like you mentioned, and that total at 54. As far as the picks go this week, in honor of our boy Chop, we are going to still make picks, but these will not be official against our season total. So we can keep our three-man competition going. And while we're here, we might as well just, just cover it chop chop had had a good week i mean he was he was had a pretty good week he was let's see six and five last week so he actually took the lead here over you Derek. he's charged from behind you and i really struggled so it just kind of goes along with the rest of my week three and eight for me three and eight for you as well uh brings you to 69 64 and one chop has surged to 70 wins to take the lead 70 62 and one and i'm down to 57 74 and one the struggles continue. So uh, these, again, we're, we're going to make them. We're going to track them. We're still going to look back next week. But uh, to keep our three-man competition going, these will not be official. So let's make the picks anyway, Derek. Who you got here in this one?
3: Yeah, I'm uh, pulling a Atlanta Falcons impression right now, just jumping out to a huge lead and then blowing it uh, <laughs> late. So that's <laughs> not good. Uh, I like both offenses in this game, but I also think they're both going to want to run the ball. 54 seems pretty high to me. I'll take the under.
2: Well, if you are the Falcons, I am the Jets. I believe they are 0-10, <laughs> so there's just been no hope from the beginning. Uh, I'm going to continue to tank here and have the number one pick next year. Uh, I'm going to go with the under in this game. Uh, you know, both teams want to run the ball. Uh, I think if Tennessee's able to do that, chew up some clock. I don't know how electric this Cleveland passing offense can be. I do like them, uh, but this total seems a little too high. Uh, I'm going to go under 54. All right, moving on. Next game, we've got Indy and Houston. Uh, Indy, we mentioned that lost to Tennessee Houston uh, look great in that game in Detroit uh, on Thanksgiving. So Indy side, uh, it's really the running backs here. You know, Jonathan Taylor, we'll see if he returns uh, from the COVID-19 list. We saw Naheem Hines uh, kind of lead the way there. T.Y. Hilton finally finding the end zone uh, and Michael Pittman nine targets in that game. Of course, uh, only turned that into two receptions. Houston side, the big news, Will Fuller uh, looks like he is done for the season, at least six weeks. So, Uh, What does that do for your interest in Brandon cooks at 5,600 Kiki cutie at at 3,500. We know Kenny stills was, was also let go here this week. So they're kind of thin at pass catcher. So uh, is it Duke Johnson? Is it one of those receivers? Uh, Which way you lean in here with these Texans pass catchers? Because even in a tough matchup with Indy, uh, we got to have some interest here.
3: Yeah, I got to uh, queue up all the Kiki, D love me jokes for the week. Um, you're going to hear a lot of them. Uh, $3,500, wide receiver two in this offense that wants to throw the ball. So it's hard to argue with him. He's going to be popular. I do like Brandon Cooks a little bit more. Um, you're getting more upside and he's only 5600 You know, I would have played him, maybe not in this matchup, but at this price point, you know, in most matchups, uh, even with Will Fuller being active. So I like the spot for Cooks. Uh, I'll have some shares of Kiki for sure. And then Randall Cobb is still out as well. You mentioned Um, the other injuries to the receivers. So Isaiah Coulter might round out the receiving corps. I don't know a lot about him. And then David Johnson, uh, I think he's eligible to return. I think it's been three weeks. But um, keep an eye on that throughout the week. If he's out, then Duke Johnson's certainly interesting. I know the Colts have very good defense, but they finally used him the way they were supposed to use him last week on Thanksgiving. Uh, They got him the ball uh, in the passing game. They got him the ball you know, with a lot of room to run. Um, so I like him a little bit. And then Stonehands Jordan Akins, I mean, dropped two touchdowns on Thanksgiving, um, 2,900. He, he's at least somewhat interesting. You know, we know the Colts like to keep everything in front of them. So maybe it kind of opens things up for Akins over the middle. Uh, on the Colts side, you mentioned it with Jonathan Taylor. If he's back, then that's a situation I want to avoid. You know, he kind of took control of the backfield uh, two weeks ago. And then, Um, you know Naheem Hines you know played 65% of the snaps last week with Taylor out I'll go back to Hines if Taylor is out he had 10 carries and 10 targets he's a guy that uh, Phillip Rivers loves to check the ball down to so uh, I'll like Hines if Taylor's out and I'll I'll avoid it if Taylor is active and that's pretty much it I don't really want to play anyone in the passing game I know it's a good matchup against the Texans but I just don't trust Rivers don't know who he's going to throw the ball to I like Pittman a little bit more than Hilton but don't feel great about either do you have uh, a preference there
2: I like the nine targets for Pittman. I don't like the the stat line, like I mentioned. I mean, you get nine targets, you you pull down two receptions. It's a little troubling, but we've seen the emergence of this guy. We know the upsides there. Uh, T.Y. Hilton's just been bad uh, all season long. So, yeah, he scored a touchdown. But I would prefer Pittman, but I'm more in your camp. I I don't really – we talk about this every single week. Uh, Indy, there's so many guys – uh, in the passing game, where you throw in all their tight ends, you know we saw Trey Burton have a decent mm-hmm. game, but uh, with Doyle back, you have a, a few receivers, Pascal kind of chips in here and there. You have multiple running backs, and then you're trusting Philip Rivers, which I've had an issue with all season long. So, you know, yeah, they're a good football team. Yeah, guys are going to get numbers, but they're not guys that really stand out to me here this week, even in a good matchup. The Houston side, I agree. You know, if QT is going to be popular, I prefer Brandon Cooks as well. It's a great price. I, I don't hate the matchup here. We know Indy loves to to limit the big plays. It's kind of been uh, the story with them over the years, but uh, we've seen some big plays and some wide receiver ones have some decent games. I think the tight ends are interesting here. Uh, and then Watson uh, pretty much matchup proof. So uh, if anything, I have a lot of interest uh, in the Houston side. And that leads me to the betting market here. Colts road favorites, minus three, 51 and a half. I'm going to, I'm going to throw my pick in here first. I'm going to take Houston with the points here. I, I think they win this game. Uh, at home, Indy, you have kind of seen uh, some kinks in the armor. You know, the defense uh, maybe isn't as good as we thought. It's still a very good defense, but uh, give me Houston plus the three here. What do you got?
3: The line and the total both feel very accurate, but I will also agree with you. I'll take Houston. Don't feel great about it, but uh, we're two for two. So we're going to either have both good weeks or both bad
2: weeks. <laughs> well, if it's any indication on my records, man, buddy, you're in trouble here. So uh, let's hope for a turnaround here. Let's move on to the Raiders. Ugh, I don't, don't want to talk to Raiders, but we're back <laughs> Raiders and jets. I mean, what, what a terrible game. These two teams scored nine points combined between the two teams. So the the Raiders were just a disaster. I mean, when Hunter Renfro is leading you in targets, Uh, That's an issue. So even playing from behind, even in garbage time, they were not able to find the end zone. Uh, Josh Jacobs is listed as questionable with an ankle. Sounds like he should be ready to go, but uh, something to keep an eye on Jets side. Again, you know, put up three points against Miami, who has been very good defensively. Uh, Really nothing of note here. I mean, Perriman and Mims, eight targets each. I guess the the cheap dart throws, if you want to go against this Raiders defense, I get it. Uh, Frank Gore at 21, 21 touches. Uh, in that game leading the backfield. But I, I'm having a hard time, Derek, playing any Jets, even in a good matchup uh, with the Raiders here. The question is, do the Raiders bounce back? Because you got to think all of these guys across the board uh, should be very low owned here in a pretty good matchup with New York.
3: Yeah, if you liked the Raiders last week, it's hard not to like them again this week. They're facing the Jets, who have been, you know, one of the biggest pass funnel defenses this season, 32nd against the pass and eighth against the run. So, uh, yeah, I, mean, I don't mind going back to Carr and Waller. It seems like they'll be a little bit lower on than they were last week. Maybe look at Nelson Aguilar as well. He actually had a decent game um, compared to the rest of the Raiders last week. And then uh, just got to keep an eye on Josh Jacobs. Uh, they're saying he has a chance to suit up on a Sunday, even though this isn't a great matchup for the run. If Devontae Berker gets the start, I would certainly have interest in him. You know, they're big favorites. They're probably going to be running the ball a lot late in the game. And he's a pretty good cast pa- pass catching back as well. Uh, for the Jets, you mentioned it. I mean, it's hard to like anyone here. Sam Darnold in his last three starts, he's had three, seven, and seven fantasy points. So um, combined the last three games, and he's still not paying off his salary. And Frank Gore, yeah, he's getting 20 touches, but I'm not playing that. So uh, pretty much a fade for me. I do like Mims quite a bit as a player, but just don't want to play him in DFS.
2: I, I'm with. I'm just having a hard time here. I don't want any of Frank Gore. If he can get 20 touches, I don't care. I'm not paying 4400 Uh, for Frank Gordon in a great matchup, Uh, by the way, Vegas pretty bad against the run. Uh, I begrudgingly go back to Vegas, I guess. I mean, you got to have interest here. I'm going to keep an eye uh, on that ownership, but we know Waller's going to get targets. Uh, Aguilar looked good in that game. Like you said, it was about the only bright spot. And, you know, when it's five for 50, whatever he had, that's your bright spot. That's a problem. But uh, I do see going back to some exposure here for the Raiders. All right. We have Vegas seven and a half point road favorites here, Derek, 47 on the total.
3: It feels gross, but I'll take the Raiders. Uh, The Jets point differential this season, negative 170. So they're losing by an average of like 15 points a game. Um, I'll take the Raiders. Hopefully they bounce back.
2: I'm going under 47. When you combine for nine points uh, in a week uh, between the two of you, even if you bounce back, even, even if we add 30 some points to that. We're still under that total. So 47 uh, seemed a little too high. I do think Vegas can can score some points. They probably cover that spread. Uh, I just don't see where the points come from the jets. I'll go under 47 moving on. Next game should be a good one. Saints and Falcons. Saints, small road favorites here uh, coming off that win at Denver, which really tough to take much away from that one. I mean, they, they had a practice squad receiver for Denver playing quarterback. You know, the story by now, all the quarterbacks, Uh, We're out for the Broncos. So let's take a, let's start it with them. You know, the the question is Alvin Kamara is down to 7,000. You know, I I tried to play him last week. That didn't work. Uh, He's just not getting the targets that we normally see. Only two targets last week. Michael Thomas also down to 7,000, but he only had six targets last week. Uh, It continues to be the Taysom Hill uh, rushing, rushing season, (laughs) two more rushing touchdowns for Taysom. And then we saw Latavius Murray, uh, kind of dominate the ground game and maybe that was just we don't need to use Kamara here we, we can roll Latavius a bunch of carries 19 carries two touchdowns in that game so let's break down the Saints we'll get to the Falcons here Let, let's start with New Orleans is it as simple as play Taysom and move on uh, can we buy low on a Kamara Thomas here what are your thoughts here with the Saints offense rolling into Atlanta
3: yeah, I mean, it's kind of weird seeing Kamara struggle so much. You would think that they'd want to give him the ball more uh, with Taysom Hill under center, but that just hasn't been the case the last two weeks. Uh, maybe they'd like to get him the ball um, a little bit more, you know, grease the squeaky wheel a little bit. But at the same time, the matchup definitely sets up better for the passing game than the running game. Um, Atlanta, six in DVOA against the run, fourth in fantasy points allowed to running backs. So uh, I don't mind looking his way if he's going to be low-owned in tournaments, but I don't think he'll make my main lineup and Taysom Hill, I mean, can you ask for an easier, you know, schedule to start your career as a starting <laughs> quarterback? I mean, he beats the Falcons, then he gets to play a quarterback-less Broncos team. I've never even seen that happen in the NFL. Now he gets to face the Falcons again. So, um, I mean, it's a good spot for him. He's cheap. He offers a high rushing floor. Certainly a guy I would look to, you know, in cash games. Um, and I don't mind pairing him up with Michael Thomas. He has a 47% target share over the last two games, which is pretty ridiculous. Taysom Hill's basically just looking his way or looking to run the ball. So, uh, I'll lean towards the passing game uh, for New Orleans. What about you?
2: Yeah, same. I mean, we saw Thomas look good in that game against Atlanta. Went over 100 yards, 12 targets. So, you know, the worry is Atlanta now has the tape uh, on Taysom. They they have two full games to to kind of evaluate one against their defense. So we know uh, they've been very good against the run and even overall defensively, uh, been much better. Holding that holding that potent Raiders offense to to only six points. <laughs> Uh, is impressive, but the story here on Atlanta side injuries, you know, we saw Gurley and Julio uh, miss that game. So they'll remain questionable. Uh, Zacchaeus is also questionable here. So you kind of got what we thought we would get, you know, as far as targets, Ridley, nine targets, finds the end zone. Uh, Hayden Hurst chips in with eight targets here of the running backs, I guess is the question here. Uh, Not a great matchup. Let's say Gurley's out. I mean, we saw Ito and Hill uh, pretty much split the carries right down the middle, but, but Edo on target Hill, five to one and found the end zone. So if Gurley's in, I don't really have, in, I don't really have interest in any scenario here. These Atlanta backs, to be honest, uh, how are you feeling here? I know it's tough uh, to break this team down with all these injuries, but uh, let's do our best here. I, I'm kind of hands off on this team, to be honest.
3: Yeah, same here. And uh, I know hindsight's always 2020, but I cannot believe I played Brian Hill last <laughs> week. As Chuck. I did the same thing last year and he did nothing. And it felt gross, and I did it anyway. And, uh, yeah, I had to watch Ido Smith end up scoring a touchdown and outscoring him. It's a situation I'm going to avoid, uh, especially in this matchup. Saints is very good against the run, very good against the pass as well. Um, the only interest I would have is Hayden Hurst. You know, the the Saints very good at limiting production to wide receivers. So even if Julio Jones is active or out, probably not going to have a ton of interest there. So maybe Hayden Hurst is a guy to, you know, run back your some MT stacks with.
2: There you go. All right. A uh, 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 fun game, I think, to watch, but uh, DFS wise, I'll be pretty limited. Uh, Thomas, I agree, over Camara. That price point on Camara, I think, is going to lead uh, to some ownership there. So that'll be interesting to keep an eye on. Uh, and then Hurst, I don't hate that call. Tight end, uh, kind of always a wasteland. So we have Saints minus three here, Derek, on the road. Uh, kind of a
3: middling total here at just 46. This feels like a trap line to me. Minus three, um, but I'll take it anyway. Give me the same.
2: Uh, I'm going to go over the 46. Uh, Again, both teams pretty good defensively. Atlanta much improved, but uh, I think they can put some points up uh, and go over that number. So over 46 next game, NFC North battle. The Lions uh, fresh off that beat town of Houston, fresh off firing their coach and GM finally uh, seen the door. Uh, going to Chicago to take on the Bears, who we also saw get thumped uh, in Green Bay, like you mentioned, uh, on that Sunday night game. So two teams really struggling here. Uh, injury-wise, DeAndre Swift remains questionable, uh, as do Kenny Galladay, Danny Amendola. So we'll see if any of those guys uh, return. It was good to see Adrian Peterson uh, find the end zone twice. Uh, that was about the only bright spot uh, for the Lions. Mohamed Sanu uh, kind of also arrived on the scene, so he could be in play. Uh, if some of these receivers don't come back, uh, Chicago side, Mitchell Trubisky uh, comes back in. Was all right. I mean, I, I think that yeah. I mean, he wasn't great, but uh, he's definitely been worse. But uh, we'll see. Nick Foles remains questionable. Uh, we're going to talk some Trubisky here in a minute. I got some interesting stats here, but uh, David Montgomery uh, actually looked good. Actually looked explosive uh, in that game, which is something. Uh, you really haven't been able to say, but uh, he went over a hundred yards, saw six, t- six targets uh, in that offense. So we know the lions, one of the worst teams against the run. So thoughts on him. And then we know a Rob uh, continues to get it done. Another 13 targets here. So a low total game kind of ugly here, but I, I see some pieces that, that could be in play, but we'll start with you. What do you got here? Lions and bears.
3: Yeah, I'll start. Bears fans, I understand your pain. Uh, As a Jaguars fan, we haven't had a quarterback for years. I can't imagine what it's like to be a Packers fan, going from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers. It's it's Uh, been
2: tough, buddy. It's been my my whole life we'd have franchise quarterbacks. So, yeah, a little spoiled, that's all.
3: Yeah, I mean, I feel even worse for Allen Robinson. I mean, this guy just can't have a good quarterback to save his life. But uh, he did lead the NFL in targets last year with Trubisky under center, and he did see 13 targets last week. With Trubisky under center. So I like the spot for Robinson quite a bit. The Lions secondary, pretty terrible. Also think David Montgomery's interesting. He's one of the few running backs that you can count on for eighty plus percent of the snaps. And uh, he's been pretty good in the pass or the passing game as well. So um, I like both of them. And if you like them and Trubisky starts, and I think he's interesting. Fitz Foles, I'll have less interest um, in the passing attack and probably just play Montgomery, but uh, yeah, I like the Bears quite a bit. Uh, the Lions just seem to be giving up, and they fire their coach, like you mentioned. I just – it's such a tough spot on the road, divisional opponent. Bears have a good defense, so uh, a full fade for me on Detroit.
2: Yeah, same. I mean, Marvin Jones, 12 targets. Hawkinson, eight targets. I mean, there's some guys that definitely stepped up, but you look at the stat line, and it, it, it seems like – uh, let's talk Hawkinson for a minute. It's almost like he's got like a max, like you can only get this many fantasy points and then you have to stop collecting fantasy points. I mean, the dude is a great floor play. Like you're talking cash games. Like he gets you there every single week, but there is never an upside uh, in tournaments. So uh, I'm with you. Even if DeAndre Swift comes back 6,500 on the road in Chicago, just does not feel like a good spot. Uh, Peterson a cheap price, but, Uh, I don't want to play him coming off that two touchdown game against Chicago. So my interest lies with the bears. You know, it's kind of scary because it feels like I went nuts on the Raiders last week. Now I'm I'm liking the bears here, but uh, you mentioned we'll start with Montgomery. It looked good. Like we talked about Robinson getting those targets. My stat though, Mitchell Trubisky owns the Detroit lions and new coach. You know, it's been a few years and some people don't like going back that far, but last four games against the lions, 12 touchdown passes, only one interception, three touchdowns in every single one of those games. We've seen this guy have some massive games at home over his career, some tournament winning performances. So I love this pairing of Trubisky with Allen Robinson on teams I don't go that route. I do like David Montgomery in this matchup. I am way too excited about the Bears here. So Sounds like you're on board, so it makes me feel a little bit better. So, betting market-wise, Bears are minus three, 44 on the total. I'll just lock in my pick here. I don't like the Lions. I like the Bears here at home. I'll take the Bears minus three. What do you got?
1: Yeah,
3: give me the Bears minus three as well. We're building quite a parlay card here uh, to start, and uh, yeah, you mentioned Hawkinson having a limited upside. It reminds me of Danilo Gallinari. Uh, <laughs> he could have like 30 fantasy points in the first half, and then finish with 33. Uh, kind of the same thing as Hawkinson.
2: Yeah, it's it's crazy. Like he'll get off to such a good start. You're like all right, this is the week he's going to hit 20 yeah. something, and nope, he just stops. So yeah, that Gallo's a good uh, a good comp for him. NBA season not too far away now. Uh, we're into December, so uh, looking forward to that. Uh, we'll try to mix in some NBA talk as we move along. But this week we're going to stick with the football move on to the next game and Derek's Jacksonville Jags traveling to uh, Minnesota. So I mentioned it. J- Jacksonville put up a fight uh, with Cleveland. Came up a little bit short there. Uh, we saw Mike Glennon toss a couple touchdowns. Gardner Minshew uh, is questionable here, so we'll see if he's able to return. Maybe you have some more insight on that. And How about James Robinson? First as bad as Jacksonville's been. I mean, this dude has has been amazing. I mean, he's over 1,100 yards, an undrafted running back. So he continues to smash. He's 7.3K here. uh, So your interest level there. And then the receivers, Chart Conley, a questionable. We'll see if they return. Uh, We saw Colin Johnson lead the way. Eight targets look good. A big physical receiver out out of Texas. I really like what I saw out of him. Keelan Cole saw six targets, only four for LaVisca Chenault. So any interest in those guys? And then Minnesota side, Uh, Dalvin Cook, can can you talk about a a schedule? I mean, I can't remember a guy getting so many cupcake matchups week in, week out. Another one here, no injury designation for him going into this game, which is kind of surprising. Uh, 9,500, though, Derek, can we pay that price? And kudos to DraftKings. They kind of were were keeping an eye on this. Alexander Madison uh, is 6,900 if there were a situation uh, where Cook was not able to go. Other injuries, uh, Adam Thielen expected back in this game. Irv Smith remains questionable. So I've said a lot here, Derek. Uh, Let let, let me give you the floor here to talk your Jags. Some questions on those receivers and James Robinson. And then what do we do uh, against that defense with the Minnesota offense?
3: I'm Really interested to see what Davin Cook's ownership is going to be. You know, he's very popular last week. Obviously didn't get there. uh, Had some run bad. I mean, the Panthers scored touchdowns on two straight plays uh, on the defensive side of the ball. So they kind of had to air it out late in that second half. He didn't end up getting the touchdowns. And then he got hurt for a little bit. So I think it's a good spot to go back to him. I mean, Jaguars are just signing guys off the street, so uh, especially in their secondary. So you can play Jefferson. You can play Thielen. Sounds like he's going to be back. Uh, and that's pretty much where the Vikings offense is going to come from, is Cook, Jefferson, and Thielen. And they have one of the highest implied totals on the board. So I like all three of them. Um, I would probably make a rule in uh, lineup HQ to include at least one of those three in uh, pretty much every lineup because you got to think at least one of them is going to go off if not two of them uh, and then on the Jaguar side just got to wait and see on the injuries to Chark and Conley if they're out again uh, I like Keelan Cole racked up a ton of air yards last week uh, you mentioned uh, some of the other guys there with uh, Chenault struggling a little bit and uh, Johnson having the big game Certainly don't mind them, um, but I think Keelan Cole is going to be my guy in the passing game, and James Robinson, he's just awesome. Um, he's one of those guys that he's going to grind out a couple extra yards every time he touches the ball. Uh, you know, He got tackled like the two-yard line there late in the game and then pushed the whole pile into the end zone. Uh, love guys like that in his last five games. 22 carries and four targets per game, so he's just getting a massive workload. So even if uh, it's Glennon or Minshew, I think uh, go right back to Robinson until he slows down.
2: Yeah, and generally we don't want our running backs as nine and a half point road underdogs, but he he's performed in these situations. It really doesn't matter. I mean, there yeah. tend to be underdogs every single week and this guy continues uh, to put up numbers and, and just get so much work uh, in that offense. So uh, I don't mind the 7,300 there. Uh, one more name on the Minnesota side. If Irv Smith is out again, Kyle Rudolph did see eight targets. I know they were playing from behind some catch up mode, but uh, we always look for those cheap tight end plays. Uh, I don't hate that play. Uh, this week against Jacksonville. All right, what do you think? Uh, Vikings minus nine and a half. Like I mentioned, a big total here at 52.
3: Give me the over. I think a lot of points are going to get scored.
2: I'd say over as well. So uh, I'm not gaining any ground on you here, but that was one uh, I really liked here. Two defenses that have struggled. I do think there'll be points uh, over 52 for me as well. All right, last game in the early window. Uh, Cincinnati. Talk about a disaster. Well, we'll get to them in a second. Traveling to Uh, Miami, no major injuries on the Cincinnati side outside of the guys we already know, Joe Burrow, Joe Mixon, uh, out for the season. Miami, Tua expected back here, so we'll keep an eye on that one. Then it's the the running back situation we got to watch. Gaskin, Ahmad, will they return? We kind of saw DeAndre Washington uh, over Matt Breida last week, so uh, that another situation. Tough to break down, good matchup here, but we don't really know who the running back's going to be, whoever it is. I have interest because they give one guy, the majority of the work. So I'll be keeping an eye on that Cincinnati again. It's just gross. So the prices are are really what I want to try to try to get you in here, Derek, any interest in Tyler Boyd down to 4,700 T Higgins, 4,600 and AJ green, how the mighty have fallen even (laughs) cheaper this week at 3,100. What do you think?
3: Oh man, it's hard to trust anyone on Cincinnati right now. Uh, the best way to beat the Dolphins is on the ground and Giovanni Bernard is not the type of back that you're going to give 20 carries to. So uh, if you're targeting anyone in the passing game, it'd probably be Tyler Boyd for me. Uh, you know, they got Byron Jones and Xavier Howard on the outside. Uh, two good uh, you know, outside cornerbacks. So if they're going to get anything going, maybe it's Tyler Boyd over the middle, but I don't think I'm going to click any of their names. I know the price points are enticing, but just play the Dolphins defense. Uh, make your job a little bit easier. On the Dolphins' side, if Tua's back, then I'm not going to have a ton of interest in their offense as a whole. You know, maybe like you mentioned, the starting running back, if it's Ahmed, if it's Gaskin, then I'll have a little bit of interest. And then if Tua's out, then I'll go right back to Fitzpatrick um, and Devontae Parker. I think they're certainly an interesting combo. Parker will have a tough matchup against William Jackson. He's like the one uh, Bengals defensive player that's actually pretty decent. So uh, maybe it opens up for some of the other guys in this passing attack, but yeah, I don't know. I just don't feel great about this game as a whole outside of Miami's defense.
2: I, I'm I, Yeah, that's where I'm at. Right, give me the Miami running back paired with the Miami defense, and I'm done. I'm, I'm yeah. not running it back on the Cincinnati side. So I couldn't entice you with those prices. I am definitely not. I agree. It's probably Boyd uh, if I'm going anywhere, but uh, it would be more of a run back with anything on Miami, and I don't even know uh, how thrilled I am to do that. So uh Cincinnati, going to stay away. It just that AJ Green price, just continues to, to baffle me. It's just amazing uh, how far this guy has fallen. It's it's kind of sad to see. I, it was was great, one of the best receivers of this generation. But a father time uh, undefeated, so he's definitely winning that battle. Uh, how about a betting pick here? Miami, big favorites at minus eleven at home. Total at forty-two.
3: Uh, is it possible to break my bet up into two different scenarios here? You
2: do whatever you want here, man. <laughs>
3: that's, that's the beauty of having our own podcast. We make the rules. All right. If Fitz starts, I'll take the Dolphins minus 11. If Tua starts, I will take the under. And then I uh, also wanted to just talk about Tua a little bit. I kind of thought they were playing up the injury just so they could get Fitz some starts and you know kind of coast into the playoffs that way. But uh, what are they doing? Why not just play Fitz the rest of the year? I We, we kind of talked about this last year. I, I don't know
2: what the rush is with, with Tua. I, I, I'm with Chop and he's kind of our college football expert, but uh, it just seems like he needs a little bit more seasoning and uh, the team just functioned way better offensively uh, with Fitzpatrick. It, it's very easy to see. They have a very good up and coming young defense that, that they can ride. Uh, their running backs have been solid when given opportunities and uh, the passing offense just looks a lot better with Fitz. So I I don't know. I get it. You you spend a high draft pick on guys. You want to get them in the lineup, but kind of kind of want to go back to old school. I, Aaron Rodgers sat for three years, and, and I'm not calling Fitzpatrick, Brett Favre, or anything. The point is, give these times these guys some time to develop. I think Flores is, is safe in his job, uh, where he has time. But uh, it's just kind of kind of interesting. I know they want to get this guy going, and, and he is the the future of the franchise. But just not ready yet. You know, let let him sit and watch some more. But We'll see. Seems like they want to make it work here. So uh, I think he'll be back in that lineup. As far as my pick, I know it's 42, but I'm going to go under. It feels like one of those games Miami wins just like last week, you know, 20 to 3 or uh, 23 to 6, something something like that. So I uh, should cover that big 11 point spread, but I'll just go uh, with the under 42. All right, let's move on to the afternoon slate. We got four games left here on the DFS OGs pod. Thank you guys. As always, tuning in. All right, we got uh, Giants in Seattle to start here, Derek. Seattle, obviously big favorites here at home. Uh, DK Metcalf just continues to to look like a beast, uh, something carved out of stone. Uh, You talk about Megatron. I mean, this guy is just unbelievable. So does it big again uh, on Monday Night Football, 10 for 177 against the Eagles. The other side of the coin, Tyler Lockett continues to disappoint just four targets last night. Uh, just doesn't look to be a big part of the offense here, and it's kind of been the story ever since that one big game that he had. So kind of break that situation down. We also saw the the running work kind of divided equally among Carson and Hyde. So uh, can we go there against the Giants? Giants side, uh, Daniel Jones expected back here, so keep an eye on that. Uh, Colt McCoy only 4,800 in a good matchup, but uh, I really have no interest if Danny Jones is not playing here in any of these Giants, what say you?
3: Yeah, I think I agree with you. Um, If Cole McCoy is, you know, starting, it's hard to trust anyone. But if it is Jones, he's certainly interesting. Um, Seattle, dead last in fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks and dead last in fantasy points allowed to wide receivers. Slayton, Shepard, Ingram, they all feel a little too cheap for this matchup, especially since they'll probably be airing it out as 10-point underdogs on the road. So uh, I like the passing game if Jones is active. I like uh, nothing if Jones is out. I know, uh, you know, despite Chop hating on him, we talked up Gallman a little bit last week, had a nice game, but this is kind of where I think I'll hop off. Uh, Price point is still good, but Seattle's pretty good against the run. And, again, I worry about the game script here. And then for the Seahawks, I mean, hopefully opposing defensive coordinators just took note of uh, what Jim Swartz said about uh, Metcalf said – He's no Megatron yet, and then he came out and had just a massive game against Darius Slay, so um, don't don't talk bad about Metcalf if, uh, unless you want to get torched by him. Uh, I think he's viable in tournaments, but they are very expensive. I mean, Lockett has done basically nothing. He's up to 7,400. Nobody's going to play him. Uh, Metcalf's up to 8,200, so it's kind of tough to get to him, but it's hard to not have a little bit of interest in Metcalf in tournaments. Don't mind the matchup one bit. And then uh, the other thing I want to talk about, you know, after the Cardinals game, Pete Carroll came out and said how important it is to run the ball and they don't want Russ airing it out as much as they did earlier in the season. And we've seen that over the last two weeks. I think their past play percentage is down to like 56%, which is one of the lowest during that stretch. You have Hyde and Carson, both healthy. So I'm starting to get worried that, uh, you know, they're taking Russ out of the kitchen a little bit.
2: Yeah. I mean, you're letting them cook. Things are going well. You got the MVP and then you, you pull the rug out from us. So I just don't get it. So, okay, well so let's say they want to they want to run the ball. So is it Carson is it Hyde? I mean, there's a $1000 difference uh, in these two. Can you play either of them knowing it's almost a 50-50 split right now?
3: I don't think you can play either of them in the main slate, you know, maybe the afternoon slate. Uh we did see Hyde have, you know, more work and a lot more snaps than Carson, but I think that was kind of just them, you know, working Carson back in. I think he's still there running back one, uh moving forward and he's a better pass catcher too. So I would pick Carson, even at the more expensive price point, but for the main slate, I don't think you need to go to either one. Yeah.
2: I'm kind of with you. I mean, afternoon slate, everybody becomes interesting. You got limited options, but uh, I, I would lean Carson here as well. It just feels like they're easing him back in. Uh, he's their guy. Hyde has looked decent uh, in some spots, but uh, I agree. It's probably Carson and that calf kind of creeping up in price. I mean, he's passed yeah. up Hopkins. He's passed Keenan Allen, uh, a pro not quite up to Devonte Adams level yet, but uh, 8,200. So that, that's one uh, ownership wise. I'll keep an eye on that one. Lockett. I, I just have a hard time paying 7,400 for him. I, I know he's got the upside. We, we've seen it. I mean, the guy can win you a tournament. So uh, maybe that's a, an afternoon play as well. You may even get low ownership uh, on that four game afternoon slate. So I'm going to be keeping a close eye on the Seattle offense ownership wise. So, all right. We have Seattle minus 10 here, 48 on the total.
3: Ah, uh, short week, but they're playing at home, potentially against Cole McCoy. Give me the Seahawks.
2: All right, I'm going to go under. Seattle's defense playing a lot better. I mean, they, they were a, a sieve early on in the season, but uh, much improved. Get Jamal Adams back, some of the additions they've made. Uh, I just think even if it is Daniel Jones, uh, I don't know that New York's going to score a ton of points. If it's McCoy, they may not crack 10 here, so uh, I'll go under. 48 next game. This should be a good one. Uh, Rams and Cardinals, uh, a divisional battle. Uh, both of these teams coming off losses uh, when they had the chance to kind of surge ahead uh, in that division. So the Rams uh, lose to San Francisco, Arizona, we know lost that close game at new England. So no injuries on, on the Ram side, Arizona as well. Just, just Larry Fitzgerald, who's really not much of interest anyway. Uh, still on the COVID list. We'll see if he returns, but Derek, what do we do with this Arizona offense? I mean, a decent spot with New England, and Kyler looked terrible. Uh, Hopkins looked terrible. So can we go back to those guys? Uh, Kenyon Drake was about the only uh, good news there for, for Arizona. He's only 5,700. Uh, so interest level there, it's a tough matchup. Uh, any way you slice it with the Rams' defense has been very good. And then the Rams, the, the backfield, we, I think we talk about it every week. Akers found the end zone. But all of these guys uh, priced between 4K and 4,500 – Do you trust any of them? The other question, the Rams receivers. We we saw Robert Woods really dominate the targets last week, uh, out-targeting Cooper Cup 12-5. to So uh, a lot to break down here. Does Arizona bounce back? And then who do you trust on the Rams side?
3: Yeah, it's one of those games that should be fun to watch, but I don't really want to target it when it comes to DFS. Um, As far as the Rams backfield, um, anytime the coaching staff talks up somebody, that guy is not going to get the ball the next week. I mean, we saw with Malcolm Brown after week one. (laughs) <laughs> Daryl Henderson after you know it was like week eight or something and then Cam Akers last week you know looks the best but you just never know they're gonna ride the hot hand and uh, I just don't trust any of them I do like the price points on Cooper Cup and Robert Woods those are the two guys that are gonna get the most targets so if you want to look at them um, I don't mind them but I don't trust Jerry Goff on the road and Arizona's defense isn't terrible and for the Cardinals, yeah, I don't know if it was, you know, Bill Belichick's game plan against Kyler or if his shoulder injury was bugging him, but that was by far his worst game of the season. Don't really trust the backfield. I know Drake had the big game last week, but I don't really want to trust it. Hopkins is going to square off against Ramsey. So just so many question marks in this game as a whole that I don't really love anyone.
2: Yeah, it, to me, it's the Rams receivers. You know, they're they're priced right, 6100 for Cup, 5900 for Woods. We've seen them get very creative uh, and getting the ball in Robert Woods' hands, so uh, that's about where my interest level is. Uh, I do think Kyler can bounce back a little bit, uh, but seventy-six hundred cheaper than we paid last week. But tough spot here. These teams know each other so well. So uh, pretty much Rams receivers are bust uh, for me here in this one. All right, we got Rams minus three uh, on the road. Forty-eight and a half is that total? I'm I'm gonna go with the under here in this one. It just again. Uh, when these teams know each other, it's it's their first matchup this season, I'm pretty sure, but it uh, just feels a little bit too high on that total. Uh, so I'll go under 48 and a half. What do you got?
3: I'll take the home underdog. Uh, the way things are shaping up in the standings, Arizona probably needs to win this game to have a shot at the playoffs. So I'll take Arizona. All right, two games
2: left. Next one up, Philly and Green Bay. Another big favorite here, as expected, for the Packers coming off that trouncing of the Bears. Philly, we saw on Monday night, kind of struggle. Uh, offensively with Seattle. So, Derek, we saw a little bit of Jalen Hurts. I know there was talk. He's taking first team reps. Everybody's getting excited. And we saw another game of Carson Wentz uh, looking like garbage. So, uh, break that situation down. Do you think they would ever make that move? Uh, Seems like they're committed to Wentz here. So, it would kind of surprise me uh, if they went to Hurts in more of a full-time role. Now, I could see him uh, being more involved. Maybe give him a series. uh, Maybe give him more than, I think he had three snaps last night. But, uh, really not much going on for Philly. I mean, Miles Sanders did not look great. Uh, we know Boston Scott continues to, to kind of cut into his workload. So can you pay that price in a good matchup? I mean, maybe this is when we go back to Miles Sanders, but, uh, the way he looked the other night and kind of the last couple of weeks, uh, tough to trust that we'll see if Zach Ertz returns. If not, uh, Dallas Goddard did see 10 targets, uh, in that game and green Bay. We know. You know it's Aaron Rodgers made it look easy for touchdowns in only 29 attempts. Uh, Devonte got his numbers. Alan Lazard saw some targets. The running backs, though, Derek, I mean, they basically split down the middle. 17 carries each for Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones. So uh, a lot for you to break down here, uh, interest level here. Eagles-wise, can we trust anybody? And then who do we prefer on the Green Bay side?
3: Well, Chop isn't here this week, so I have to give my uh update on my season long league. <laughs> I needed like 10 points from Miles Sanders to beat my wife in uh, my home league and oh, uh I couldn't do it. I mean, not classic. Not yeah, uh, as everyone puts it, she was grandmothered into our league. Um no other ladies are in the league at the moment and uh yeah, anyway. She so she's going to beat me um which is which is uh, pretty rough, but Classic Eagles, I mean, Miles Sanders gets no work. They say they're going to get hurts a bunch of snaps. He doesn't do anything. Uh, Wynn says it out 45 times. It's just hard to trust anyone right now. I know it's a good matchup against the Packers, but it's just hard to trust anyone outside of Dallas Goddard, and there's a chance Zach Kurtz comes back. So wait and see for me. Maybe have a few shares of Goddard, but that's it. And as you mentioned with the Packers, uh, their offense is so fun to watch. Um, They're going to score a ton of points each and every week. No issue with the matchup against Philly, especially with this being at home. Uh, Hopefully Darius Slay will um, scare off some ownership of Devontae Adams because he's a great play each and every week. And then – uh, Jones has been productive all season he's only had three rushing touchdowns. So maybe he runs into one of those three touchdown games and, uh, breaks the slate. I think ownership's going to go down a little bit. We saw Jamal Williams kind of have the bigger game of the two last week, uh, in the primetime game. So maybe this is a good spot to buy low on Jones.
2: Did you, did you catch the end of that game? Did you watch the uh, whole Philly Seattle game?
3: I, I was watching most, I, I think I might have. Yeah. The Hail Mary.
2: Yeah, and I was reading a a story on a guy who it it basically came to the spread was six and a half. So Philadelphia ends up scoring at the end. They're they're down eight, and for some reason they go for two. And I know analytically it probably makes sense go for two there, but it literally cost this guy half a million dollars. I mean, if they oh. just kicked the extra point, there was only like twelve seconds left. So, uh, but they go for two, they get it and end up covering uh, that six and a half oh, yeah. point spread. So you just, bet half a million on that game. Yeah. I mean,
3: absolutely brutal. So
2: just, just unbelievable. And, so, and you know,
3: that's that switched uh, the Millie maker as well. I'm sure. Oh yeah. I mean, it just, just nuts,
2: man. So a uh, lot, a lot of money swung on that <laughs> two point conversion. I, I know, uh, uh, they mentioned it on SportsCenter. They always love to talk about that uh, after the game. But just crazy. It just shocked me when they were going for two. I mean, again, I get it. I, I'm one of those guys. Why not go for yeah. two? But at that point, what what what's the point? But uh, just, <laughs> just, <crazy>. dead, baby. <laughs> just just crazy. Just crazy. A lot of, lot of money changing hands there. All right, let's wrap this baby up. New England and the Chargers, our last game here on the main slate. Uh, New England got it done against Arizona. It was pretty ugly. I mean, really not much of anything. Uh, Cam did not have a good game. James White, uh, two rushing touchdowns was about the highlight there. Uh, Chargers side, we saw the return of Austin Eckler, Derek, and and what a return. I mean, 30 touches for Austin Eckler, 16 targets in the passing game, uh, 14 carries. So he's 7,100 here. Uh, Keenan Allen did his thing, 10 targets once again. Uh, So to me, the Chargers are are the side we're going to want more here. Uh, Where do you come out on Eckler, Keenan Allen, the rest of this offense? And Where do we possibly go here with this New England offense?
3: Yeah, kind of crazy. Cam Newton, 84 yards and two interceptions, and the Patriots won last week. Um, Just hard to trust him right now. Uh, He had a lot of rushing upside earlier in the year, but just seems to have kind of a limited ceiling at this point. I do like Damian Harris. Season high, 64% of the snaps last week. Pretty good matchup. Chargers 31st in DVOA against the run. And then uh, James White, my friend, he sent me his uh, DraftKings team, and I had James White over Brian Hill, and I was like, oh, good luck with that. And uh, it just ran like the sun. He had five carries and two touchdowns. James White, of all people, gets two rushing touchdowns. But, um, yeah, I just thought that was kind of funny. And then on the Chargers, the Patriots, look, their DVOA numbers are bad. 30th in DVOA against the pass, 20th in DVOA against the run, but they just haven't given up a ton of fantasy production. They play at a slow pace. They like to run the ball. And uh, they're just not giving up a ton of fantasy points. They're in the top half of the league in, in fantasy points allowed to all positions on the field. So I don't mind looking to Eckler. Ridiculous 30 opportunities last week in his first game back. He had 16 targets. Don't mind going to Keenan Allen. He leads the NFL in targets. But I don't think I'm going to look to stack this game. Uh, I think that might be a popular build, um, just the way you know salaries are shaping up.
2: You think so? I mean, yeah, maybe I, I no. mean, we, we got a lot of these middling total. I mean, I look at the total. It's 47. It's kind of compares with all the other totals. Like, I mean, we had that big one with Cleveland and Tennessee uh, at 54, but a lot of these 46, 45s, I mean, a lot of middling totals. So uh, maybe you're right, but I do have a lot of interest in this Chargers offense. You know, if Belichick takes out their best player, well, who, who is he going to go with here? So uh, i have a lot of interest in Herbert to Keenan. Uh, and if not, I'll go with Eckler. Uh, in lineups i don't go with the passing game or stack them a, a three-way we know eckler uh, is involved in the passing game a lot so i uh, really like this chargers offense here spread wise we have chargers minus 147 uh, on the total chargers always find a way but i'm still gonna lay the one here i think they win this game uh, at home so give me
3: the chargers what do you got here to finish this out uh, i'm gonna take the under i don't feel great about it though
2: all right. That'll do it for week 12. So, uh, as we always do towards the end, a uh, favorite stack, favorite play, anything jump off the page for you. And then any, any final thoughts here before we wrap it up here for week 12.
3: You know, it's amazing. We do this every week and I forget about it every single week. Um, never fails. Uh, my favorite stack. Do you have one in mind? Uh, I, I'm the guy that sets all this up and I forget <laughs> as well. So uh, I kind of
2: like the uh, the Houston passing attack against Indy, so I'll go with Watson to Cooks as my favorite sack. I, I like that one a lot. What do you got?
3: All right, I'll take the game stack, uh, Jaguars and Vikings. Uh, pretty easy to stack that one up. Both the running backs in good spots with James Robinson, Dalvin Cook, and then if Jags receivers are out, I like you and Cole, and on the other side, you can obviously play uh, Thielen and or Jefferson.
2: There you go. So that'll do it for week 12. Any final thoughts outside of that, buddy?
3: No, Chop, we missed you. Uh, We'll see you next week. As always, thanks for joining us. And, uh, yeah, good luck, everybody.
2: Yes, absolutely. We appreciate each and every one of you for listening in. Uh, You can always uh, reach out to us with any questions on Roto Grinders, uh, the old DM feature, uh, or on Twitter. Love talking football over there with you guys. But I agree. Chop, we missed you. be glad to get you back uh, in the saddle next week. And uh, we'll be covering everything uh, week 14. So make sure you come on back and check that out. For Notorious, I am Beer saying salut, guys. Best of luck. Thanks again for listening to the DFSOGs OGs podcast here on Roto Grinders. Good luck, and we'll see you next week.